You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello everyone. Pastor Andy here. You have found Alter Echo for the weekend of October 8, 9, and 10, 2021. And here in Minnesota, we are just really getting into what we call peak leaf season. And leaves are popping and starting to fall off trees. The colors are just brilliant right now. And even on a day like today, which is an overcast but very nice, unseasonably warm fall day, we look for all kinds of ways to get outside and take this all in before (laughs) these next months settle in on us and the winter is here. Good to have you today and good to worship together in this way. I'll let you know that on Sunday, we are welcoming 37 new members into the life of our church. It's just a thrill. And what we'll say to those people on Sunday, we'll say also to you, because this is the impact that you have on the life of your own congregations as well. Every time someone is added to the family of faith, the community of faith here, our faith grows immeasurably. It multiplies, because what people have to add is all a blessed gift from God that moves through them toward other people. So the joy and the hope and the faith and the love and the generosity that people share is more than just one seed planted. It is it is planted seed that grows to to fruition and to uh, to size and to, to a scale that goes beyond our imaginations. So we are looking forward to a great weekend. Here at church, I hope all of you are doing well. We are into chapter 5 in the book that we're following this year is our lectionary called We Make the Road by Walking. This chapter happens to start with Cain and Abel, which I'm going to read today, but then goes on into the Noah story, the flood story. We will not read that today, but what I'd like to do is read these citations to you and ask you to read them on your own. We'll read Genesis 4, 1 through 17 today. But then also, I hope you'll read Genesis 6, 5 through 8, 7, 1 through 5, chapter 8, verse 1, and then chapter 9, 7 to 17. So let's go into chapter 4, verses 1 through 17 today. And this, of course, is the famous story of Cain murdering Abel, his brother. Now, the man... Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next, she bore his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out into the field. 
And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil, and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and anyone who meets me may kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who came upon him would kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and named it Enoch after his son Enoch. Everyone, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I almost want you to just... um, go on a little bit of a discovery journey with me this week as we think through this passage and what it might mean for us, but what it might mean in a little larger context with the the beginning parts of the story of God and of faith and of people's faith before it, and then thinking about a couple of the stories after it, including Noah and the ark. There's a lot of famous stuff in this story from Cain and Abel. Things like, am I my brother's keeper? (laughs) Oh, the answer is yes. (laughs) We know that that rhetorical question answers itself. And then even simple things like the fear, finally, that was placed into Cain, whether it was genuine fear, probably was, but also whether it was his play back against God to try to try to create a little sympathy, that he would be killed by someone now that someone knew that the first murder took place or that murder is part of life and that he was a murderer. And God answers a particular question that might be a question of ours too. Am I a God of vengeance? And the answer is no. God doesn't get revenge. God redeems. God rescues. The story of faith and of God and of God's people would be over if God was a vengeful God. He would have destroyed Adam and Eve after their fall from grace. And if he would have let it go at least until Cain and Abel, Abel was already dead by the hand of Cain and God would have destroyed, or yeah, by Cain, and then God would have destroyed Cain himself as well. And it would have been over. And then if you listen to the Noah story, in between all the niceties of rainbows and animals that we put on the walls of (laughs) nurseries and babies' rooms and kids' books, there are all kinds of incredible things of gravity that occur to us when we think through a flood washing over the earth and killing 
perpetrators of violence and oppressors, but also innocent victims. And yet God doesn't exact revenge. There in the story is a realization for us that floods, murder, oppression, violence are simply a part of this life that we live. And we have to try to wrap our minds around that, but then not let that be what identifies life for us. God rescues us from those things. God makes life go on. God seeks us to repent of the things that we do wrong and rethink everything so that we go a different direction and sense what God is all about in this world. I believe this story this week is an eye-opener for us. It's meant for us as God's people and as people of faith to ask the question, can I go it alone in this world? And if I try to do that, how am I going to face all of the perils that are out there that we just identified? Or realizing this, do I have a God I can put my faith in who I trust? If God is not a God of vengeance, but if God is a God of rescue and redemption, doesn't that change your life immeasurably? Doesn't that change your life in absolutely material ways? The title of the chapter that we are in in Brian McLaren's book is In Over Our Heads. <laughs> How could that title be almost more appropriate for us right now? I have a sense that life has become overwhelming for almost all of us, if not all of us, particularly in the last 18 months. I have a sense that you and I, in speaking with our families and friends, are identifying anxiety in worry and a, a sense of just being completely, completely unsettled by so many things that we truly feel like we are in over our heads, that we don't know if we know what the future is going to bring for us. Those are very real feelings. What if I told you today that I think this story early in the story of faith, in our understanding of God, and in our understanding of who we are as people of God, as our eyes have been opened to a faith that can trust in this God? What if I told you that I believe this story is meant to serve as both a confession of sin for us and also a cry for help? A confession of sin, because we know that we are complicit in all sorts of things that are sinful, and we must confess them before God. We must be honest and come clean with the things that have darkened our hearts that we've done, whether they've been mistakes or whether they've been intentional acts against somebody else and against God. This story puts us in Cain's mind and asks us to not try to evade God anymore. This story asks us to not be Cain, but to come before God and admit our sin, our sins, the things that are now working on our souls and minds and hearts and want to take us down, and if given the chance, will. But this story also asks us the question, if Cain asked, am I my brother's keeper? 
And we know the answer to that is yes. Is God our keeper? Are we free and should we feel free to cry out for help when life has so overwhelmed us that we don't know where to turn next and that given our faith, know that we can turn to God for help, for rescue, for redemption. I'm going to tell you a story in just a little bit, but what I want to share with you is a quote. The quote is this, there are two places you need to go often, the place that heals you and the place that inspires you. Does the community of faith to which you go serve as a place of healing? Does your faith in God, the gracious God, who spares people, who puts a mark of safety on them, who brings them through all kinds of floods in this life that overwhelm us, not just literal floods, do we have the sense that our God is one who wants us to cry out for help to him? Is God those two places both that you need to go to often, the place that heals you and the place that inspires you. Let me share a story with you that a pastor by the name of Susan Briel shared some years ago. Susan was the campus pastor at Pacific Lutheran University out in Tacoma, Washington. And she shared a story about one of her former students. There was a call from the police one day to her office. And the police said, we believe you know the person we're trying to get through to here. But we just picked up a young woman who was sitting right in the middle of Western Avenue, an eight-lane highway in the middle of Tacoma, Washington. She was in the middle of the intersection, sitting there, bare naked, almost catatonic. She was stopping traffic in all four directions, and we finally had to lift her into a squad car and bring her down to the police station. He said we tried to get her name, her identity. She had nothing on her, of course. And so we put her in one of our interview rooms and just left the door cracked open. There was a guard outside the door. And for the longest time, we heard nothing. But then all of a sudden, there was a noise or sound. And the guard put his ear to the door and looked in through this cracked door. And he saw this young girl rocking a little bit back and forth. And he tried to make out what she was saying because she was whispering something to herself. And he listened a little closer, and here's what he heard. Child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God. She had, for some years after graduating from college, sold herself into prostitution to make money. What had occurred for her was a complete darkening of her heart and her mind, her identity, any sense of self that she had. And what was left was what happened that day in the middle of Western Avenue in Tacoma. She had almost lost it all. But what she didn't lose, what was left for her was her core identity that she was given in baptism, having grown up in the church and having gone to college and had a campus pastor who cared about her. She was left with, I am a child of God. In your life right now, are you overwhelmed? The stories today are all stories of 
overwhelming disappointment and sin and even evil, that that is present in this life. Are you overwhelmed by many things? Are you overwhelmed by the pandemic? Are you overwhelmed by all kinds of things just being up in the air and nothing being settled that you need to have settled? Are you overwhelmed by cutthroat politics that seems to have divided everybody, even people in our own families and among our our friends, and we don't know what to do with it because this isn't normal. This does not actually happen in a typical, good, regular time. Are you overwhelmed by broken relationships or breaking relationships? The divorce rate right now is as high as it has been in years because of of the overwhelming nature of life. Are you are you struggling with that? Do you though know who you are and whose you are? Do you know that you are a child of God and that God tells you I have called you by name? You are mine. Do you have a faith that looking beyond the little details that sometimes draw us down into too small of a context? Do you have a faith that sees God not as the vengeful God from the very beginning of the Bible? This is almost a test on our faith. Who do we see God as? God is not the vengeful God who snuffs people out. God is the God who works to rescue us from sin but also from our cries for help, from feeling overwhelmed, from feeling as though we are in over our heads often. Today, dear friends, when the floods of life overwhelm you, let the flood of love from God, the God who is your Redeemer, your Rescuer, be even stronger. If you are feeling in over your heads, if you are feeling overwhelmed, join the rest of us who are perhaps as well and come in this time of worship. Confess your sin. Confess the ways that things have not gone well in your life and have gone wrong and hurt people and God. But also know that this is a time when we can cry for help, when our tears and our worries and our anxieties are known by the God who not only created us, but who loves you beyond anything else. The God who wants to rescue you continually. The God who wants to reinvigorate you with God's life. A life that we can live in immeasurably bigger and more faithful and grateful ways. So, dear friends, come with me in this time of worship today and love God again. The God who has called you by name and told you that you are God's. You are a child of God. Don't ever let that identity go away. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, 
If you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.